Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Joey. With us in studio again is... Mary Falcon. Mary, thank you for coming again. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> this one is interesting to me because the topic for us to talk about today is the idea of dreams. Why are dreams magical? What is the spirit Sherpa relation to dreams? <laughs> Tell us. Mary and I are both like, oh, what do you mean? Why are they magical? They're so magical. There's like so many different pieces and parts of dreams that are amazing, right? All right. So let, I'm going to start and then I will throw it to you. Absolutely. But, but the, um, the, the very beginning... Let's just start with the fact that the dream world is another realm. We talked in one of the early episodes about the astral mm -hmm. and about how there are different areas in the spirit realm. Well, the dream world is its own area. It is its own place. And there are people who are magical practitioners who are actually dream walkers who can actually go and see other people's dreams and can actually infiltrate other people's dreams. There's this great TV show called Falling Water that is actually talking about dream walkers. It's, it's fascinating. I don't know anybody who's got that level of skill, but uh, it could happen. So we'll begin with that. And then we'll go into the the uh, concept that there is such a thing as lucid dreaming. And lucid dreaming is being awake consciously in your dream so that you can influence and make conscious choices about what you do in your dreams. And then we'll take it to a third level, which is there's symbology and cosmology and mythology within the dreamscape 
that is all a uh, symbolistic roadmap to what's going on in your psyche. When I used to teach people about dreams, like when I used to do a class on dreams, um, one of the things I would always do is I had a, a, a print of the birth of Venus, and I would take it and I would hold it up and say to people, okay, let's just do this kind of dream technique where you just look at associations, right? Like you just look at everything in this and you say, what does it, what does it connect to? What does it make you think of? And, you know, people would talk about vulnerability and beauty and femininity and the sea and rising from the sea and all of these things. And then they would get done and I would say, okay, so now that you've interpreted it, I can just throw the picture away, right? (laughs) And they would say, no. (laughs) And I think that's like this really important thing about dreams that a lot of the time people think, okay, I've got the secret decoder ring because I've got the book where I can look up all the symbols and then I don't need the dream anymore. And I, I think it's really sort of important to recognize that the dream is an entity in itself. And it's this kind of rich thing that, that you continue to have a dialogue with. It's not like you used your secret decoder ring and now you can burn the secret message because you've got the message. <laughs> it's not a message. It's a conversation. That's an interesting point then. So the dream itself isn't a, a single point in time message. It could even be the continuation of a message or a conversation that's coming from the astral or this other, this other mm-hmm. realm. Or the future or... Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I looked into one of my dream notebooks months later, years later, I think, actually. And in February of 2001, I had a dream of a plane flying into the building that I was in and that the flames, it was a, it was a low rise building. It was like four stories and the flames kicked up so quickly that I couldn't get everybody out. And then the dream reset And the plane flew into the building again. And this time I knew it was coming and I got everybody out. That was February of 2001. September of 2001, we had the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's it's prophetic, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't recognize it as a prophetic dream at the time. In fact, I forgot I had the dream until I happened Mm -hmm. upon it in my dream journal years later. Mm You know, that's a pretty specific prophetic dream. And that sort of disruption in the force, if you will, <laughs> um, is something you can see coming. So when I met my shaman, Ken, we sat down to have Chinese food together for, for our first one-on-one meeting. And we looked at each other and we said, oh, crap, we've got three years to get our shit together before the shit hits the fan. And we didn't know what was coming. But looking back later, we met in September of 1998 and September of 2001, we were actually living together at that time. And I came downstairs and he was watching the TV after the first plane had hit. And I came in, I'm like, why are you watching TV? Cause he never watched TV. And he said, I had a dream that the world broke and I need to figure out what it was. I sat down and we watched the second plane hit together. And that was that moment of clarity of us sitting together in that moment and us having sat together three years before and we could feel that moment coming three years in advance. (laughs) So when things like that, that are massive disruptions in the force, you can feel them coming. You may not know what they are, but you can feel them coming and they will come through in dreams. They'll come through if you're with somebody else who happens to be the right person. And he and I were together in that moment. And so that was the right person to sense it with, right? 
neither one of us had a clue what it was at the time, but you can feel these things. Now, when we talk about the disturbances in the force and, and you talked about the Chinese food dinner, that sort of made you reach that realization. But is it for many people easier to get that message, that disturbance in the force message to them through the dream world? Is that why we do get these symbolisms there? I mean, is that a thinner veil? Why would these symbolisms come in through the dream world versus over Chinese food? Well, there's less distraction. Okay. Our world is all about distraction, for one. Well, and I think we're much more in the magical part of our brain when we're dreaming. Okay. So those sort of metaphoric associative things happen when we're dreaming that Sometimes in our conscious mind, we're sort of trained to be in our logic brain. And, you know, yeah, our logic brain can lead us to some correct conclusions, but we, we sometimes we're not able to be in that sort of associative place where other ways of connecting things happen. Well, yeah. Some people are, if, you know, they've trained themselves to be, and especially if they spent a lot of time working in their dreams, yeah. right? Like if you keep a regular dream journal and you do a lot of dream work and you're, you know, then I think a lot of that, that way of understanding the world enters your waking world, yeah, right? There's a lot of symbology that shows up that you can become aware of in your, in your waking world that, you know, if you've practiced it shows up. But I have to say it's a lot harder today than it was 20 years ago. To pick up on those moments in the waking world because, Too you know, information coming at you. Yeah. I mean, half the time we got our noses in our phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mother-in-law was just here for a visit and my mother-in-law, my husband and myself sitting there, all three of us in our phones. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, we're not even interacting. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we burned in our phones, we were watching TV or we were watching a movie or whatever. And, you know, we had some conversation. Don't get me wrong, but her visit would have been a very different thing 20 years ago. Right. You know, mm -hmm. our, our ways of being are very different today. It's much harder to be focused, to be present, to be uh, aware of what's going on around you because of the constant distractions of our phones and our computers. And well, in our on-demand world. I mean, even thinking mm -hmm. about if you were to sit and watch TV, if she came for a visit and you were to sit and watch TV, you would have watched what was on television. You yeah. would not have had an option to say, we want this movie on this streaming service versus that. Or we mm -hmm. want to go into the kitchen. We want to put something mm -hmm. in the microwave that will be done in 30 seconds that 20 years ago would have taken you mm -hmm. half an hour to cook. You know, uh, it's, it, yeah, mm -hmm. honey, microwaves were longer than well, that. Well, that your, yes, but that the, your you good point. dreams yeah. use the material of your waking life yeah. also to, to deliver what they're saying right yeah. and so i binge watched the whole of game of thrones well you better believe <laughs> Your are game i was of thrones dreaming related. about dragons and about flaying and <laughs> like all of this crazy shit that that's an unfortunate like, dream yeah that's it you know it was like that was that was not maybe the best thing to feed my psyche um which i think is a really kind of important thing i always talk about when i talk about dreams that i think is to think about what you're feeding your psyche because you know, if the dream has something to say to you, it's important to, to talk back. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, what your psyche is saying is, I need this, or I want this, or this is going on. And and you, you have to kind of speak metaphorically back to your psyche. And sometimes that's like, don't watch so much Game of Thrones, <laughs> or, you know, take some time to listen to some beautiful music. Are all dreams, and this is a sweeping generalization, but I'm going to throw it out there so that you, you two can t discuss, but are all dreams magical? Are all dreams symbolic? Are we getting a message every time we close our eyes, or are some dreams just simply 
dreams. The nature of the dream world is by its very existence symbolic. And it, it operates on a symbolic level. That is the nature of it. It is entirely symbolic. And so you can't have a dream that isn't symbolic in some fashion. I would stop you and say metaphoric rather than symbolic. Yeah, thank you. So there are elements within it that are that can be symbols of other things. Uh, in fact, are, are often symbols of other things. But put in context, they are a metaphor. When you take individual symbols and put them in a metaphorical context, the symbols can change meaning. And so th that's why it's relevant to say metaphoric mm -hmm. rather sim than right. symbolic. Often what metaphor, and this is why you don't just throw the dream away, right, once you've decoded it, is because what what metaphor the psyche used, what metaphor happened, it is also part of what's what's coming through. So when you have those dreams where you're like, yeah, I had this dream and it was like I was talking to Kelly, but it was actually my mother. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what does it mean <laughs> that that Kelly was conflated with my mother in that dream? Like what metaphorically is the connection between Kelly and my mother? And where's the disconnect between Kelly and my mother? Like where are they the same and where are they different? Not that that's a particular dream I've had. You haven't <laughs> been my mother. <laughs> okay. Good to but, know. Thank you. But that sort of dream Right. right. Where, where that that happens, that there's a whole rich set of meanings and, and associations. Right. Which could could simply be that is know, the not associations just a one to one correspondence. The mother and me, but it could also be associations between what your definition of mother is. Right. And how that may overlap onto divine mother and how that may overlap onto authority figure. And, you know, there's there's mm -hmm. any number of ways in which that correlation or conflation can be interpreted right and especially if you start looking over multiple nights worth of dreams then there may be multiple it's like looking at multiple tarot cards right, right. each tarot card has a meaning and, and richness right. unto itself and a lot of that meaning is often reflective of the person who's reading it in the moment and if you put several tarot cards together in a spread they impact each other as well as the person who's reading them and, you know, right. the interrelationship of those things. Mm -hmm. And dreams, each individual dream could actually be considered similar to a tarot card in that fashion. I've never considered it that way, but it's, yeah. it's, an, it's an interesting concept. concept. Yeah. That then a series of dreams can become a whole a spread. spread. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's sort of a, a continuum and, and which is just like life, right? So like sometimes in life you're, you're going along and, and, and magical things happen and then you kind of drop into a more ordinary way of, living and being and then you know something skips and you know that there's some deep connection you make with another person and then you continue on down and you know and 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 so I, I think that dreams are kind of the same way that sometimes it's just like your psyche kind of mumbling to itself and other times something really deep comes through and other times there's something that like you just need to look in a mirror and the dream's the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and other times somebody else is deliberately coming through and trying to say something to you because the world's talking to you too. Right. I think that's and, and spirits can talk to you through your dreams as well. Mm. It's, a, it's a very easy pathway for them to talk to you because they're already on the astral. And so having a communication with you through your dream is less taxing on them than trying to talk to you directly. Oh. Okay. So let's stay on this concept of our dreams are impacted by what we feed our psyche. Our dreams, I love this theory, that our 
our dreams could effectively be a tarot spread, you know, right? Each individual dream being Mm -hmm. its own card impacted by the dreams around it. With all of that in mind, I've got to ask the question that some of our bright and shinies may who are listening may have. But I just bought a dream book. Isn't that going to tell me what all the symbols mean? So, yes and no. So, again, there are cultural constructs that are built through our associations within our stories and our mythos and our movies and our books that create associations between individual elements and our psyche as to what things mean. Mm -hmm. There are different symbologies that have been associated with different images and elements of dreams over the years. The extent to which those particular symbologies are relevant to you are the extent to which those particular symbologies have entered your own cosmology. So they may or may not be relevant to you. Whether they mean that in this particular moment is going to be dependent upon the context of the metaphor. So is it a good thing to have a dream journal? Have I looked at dream journals in my life? Yes, I have, especially if I don't consciously have a particular connection for a particular piece. Uh, but I use it as a jumping off point, not as a be yes. all end all. Yes. Yeah. Mary, where do you stand on those dream books in general? Well, so, so this would be my comparison. When I was in Spain, I, I had bought a Spanish English dictionary Mm -hmm. that was written by somebody in Spain. (laughs) And it revealed to me a great deal about how, how problematic those things are because I looked things up and I went, yeah, no, (laughs) that's not a real English thing. (laughs) Right? Like, because it was all, it came out of this, like, you know, Spanish mindset. Um, and, and those are languages that are pretty similar. But I think even, even if you had a, a a dictionary that was absolutely accurate, there's so much context to a word, right? Like if you've ever asked somebody to translate a popular song, right? Like when somebody comes to you and they say, "Um, I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. And they go, what does gonna mean? Um, (laughs) And and you have to kind of say, okay, that's a contraction of going to it, but it has this sort of connotation because of this. And so there's all this sort of subtlety to language and the way that it's combined and the way that it comes together. So that even if you know what the word means, <laughs> the way that it's combined with other words it creates these like subtle richness to the language. And, and I think a lot of the time that can be what's going on with dreams, right? That like if you're, you're, you're just looking at the, the single Legos and not the whole, mm-hmm. you know, construct that you can make from the Legos. You're missing the big picture. Yes. And, and that you're missing the sort of subtleties and the comparative pieces. And, and, and so it's not to say that it can't be useful, but I think oftentimes also, you know, like in a dream, you know, something points to something and then you, you keep going down that path and it, it opens like incredible doors. So like, like I was telling Kelly the other day, this, you know, I had this dream <laughs> when I was first starting to see a, a therapist who was a, a Jungian therapist. And, and in fact, I had the dream right before I started and I was interviewing therapists. And so I took the dream to a couple of them and said, let's talk about what this dream means. <laughs> right. Um, and so in the dream, I was walking through like an, like an airport or a mall and I had this, leopard with me that was on a leash but I didn't really have control over it and and I was so afraid because it was it was nervous the way that a wild animal is and I was so afraid that somebody would like 
try to approach it or do something and it would get freaked out and it would hurt somebody and then somebody would destroy the leopard like that it would get in trouble and it was like this strange dream and finally like we came to this door and I was like oh great we can get out of here <laughs> And so, but my whole dream was me being so protective toward this, this wild animal that could hurt me too. And I was like, that's really interesting. And so I had this conversation. And so the therapist that I ended up going to, <laughs> because we sort of traced the associations, right? We looked at leopards and we looked at what my relationship was to this wild thing. And then we looked at symbolically, culturally, <laughs> and he was very attuned to Greek mythologies. And he said that leopards are associated with Dionysus. So Mary, go read the Homeric hymns, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially the hymns to Dionysus. And it's this beautiful thing because that Dionysus is this god of intoxication, right? Mm -hmm. And he's invoked before you invoke any of the other gods. So you invoke Dionysus because he gives you this intoxicating vision that's dangerous, mm -hmm. <laughs> that lets that divine energy in. And I was like, oh, yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. And so I ended up seeing that therapist. Mm -hmm. and And I also put an image of a leopard as the wallpaper on my on my laptop. So every time I open it, every time I look at it, it's it's an invocation, right? It's talking back to my psyche saying, mm -hmm. okay, I'm inviting it. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. And so you could look it up and say, well, a leopard means, <laughs> yeah. which was in fact what the other therapist that I interviewed did. He said, well, cats are the divine feminine. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's what that's about. And And that was not really helpful right. in the way that this other piece that looked at the associations and just traced the path and let the dream speak to me mm -hmm. and then let it continue to speak to me rather mm -hmm. than saying this is what it means okay let's move on yeah you know i i have dreams periodically when i'm going through massive transformation i will have dreams of being chased usually by governmental authorities and you know, the, the dreams are intense and it's a little scary because they're coming to get me. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. Right. And it's this moment of realizing that the established authority of my life, which is my ego, is trying to chase me down and stop me from transforming and killing it off by becoming someone new. And that's what I get in my side. That's what my psyche does. It goes, no, I'm going to grab you and hold you and hold you back and whatever. And so, you know, it becomes that sort of a thing where you have to become aware of that and be like, okay, what's that about? And it took me a while to figure it out because I would, I would see the dream like every few years, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, well, okay, so what's the commonality, you know, because I couldn't quite put my finger on it for a while. And then, then it became evident to me that the commonality is this. So when I had the dream and I did just have the dream again, like four or five days ago, I looked at, I looked at Jeff when I woke up and I was like, okay. I am on a massive change path. Be prepared. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> he's just like, okay. I'm like, I had the dream. He's like, all right. Well, and I think there's there's a, a really wonderful dream work technique that's helpful because I think sometimes like we can get to, and I'm not trying to speak for you, Kelly, but I know that for me, I can have these things where I say like, oh, if I'm dreaming about this, it's this. And I'm like creating in my own mind that kind of dream interpretation manual, right? If I dream about animals, it's about my emotions, right? Mm -hmm. If I dream about a house, it's about myself. It's, but there's a, there's a technique you can use where you write down your dream, right? And you get together with a group of people that you do this with regularly, right? And so I would sit down and I would say, I read my dream about the leopard. And then we would go around the circle and Kelly would say, when I dream this, 
this is what it means to me. This is what it says to me. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm noticing. This is, as my dream, this is what this says. And then Joe would look at it and say, as my dream, Mm -hmm. this is what it says. This is how it speaks to my life. This is what it does. This is what I'm noticing. This is what's really coming out. This is, this is the associations I'm making. And you would go all around the circle. And then, of course, it would come back to, and we recognize that this is your dream. <laughs> yes. But that for each person, like, I can take your dream and it can be profoundly meaningful to me, mm-hmm. right? And and it is my dream in that moment, and I carry it away as as my dream. And and it's not that I'm telling you this is what your dream means for you. It's that I'm walking away and saying, as my dream, this is what it means. And I think there's, like, this really beautiful quality to that because there's this sort of recognition that those are all present they're all inherent that's like why you don't throw the picture away once you've decoded it (laughs) and all of this comes back to an interesting thing that you brought up mary a little while ago with the legos i thought this was really cool because you said if you're looking at the individual lego and then kelly you said you're missing the big picture but there's also then the nuance so if you're focused on a single thing you're missing the whole thing but if you're focused on the whole thing you're missing the nuance of all of the individual things and dreams from what we've said here today seem to be about being able to sort of put together all of those individual things. Not one thing, not just the government officials chasing you or, you know, the leopard. It's all of the things that go together that actually mm-hmm. give you the the Rosetta Stone, if you will, to be able to decode your message. Because one thing alone, whether it's a series of dreams or whether it's, it's a, a series of things within the same dream, those are going to mm-hmm. piece together that path. That's yeah, what it sounds right. Well, and there's a piece to it, which is that there are layers upon layers upon layers, it, whether you're talking about tarot cards, whether you're talking about dreams, whether you're talking about ritual or magic, so much of the energetic world is a visual and an experiential construct that the overlays are dramatic and you can literally spend days on a single element and looking at the overlay, 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 and days looking at how each element relates to each other element. And, you know, so you have to be there. There's a balance between going down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. (laughs) on each individual Mm -hmm. element and snapping too quickly to judgment on things. And I think Mary's right. There is a balance to be had between being with the experience itself versus, you know, snap judging it. And this particular dream that I had about being chased was different than the dreams that I had 20 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, noticeably, my mother was not in it, um, which she was in the original dreams. Uh-huh. But, you know, there is also value to knowing how your psyche gives you messages. Right. And, you know, I've learned over the years that that particular type of dream is this meaning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the nuance of the dream will be different each time I have it because it'll be a different dream each time. And I'm a different person. Even if the dream were exactly the same, I'm a different person interpreting it each time. Right. You can have both and. And so there's value in understanding all of the aspects and elements and, and exploring. It's a, a lot of it's just the exploration. I think there's also a thing that goes back into the what you feed your psyche influences how your dreams are constructed. But then there's also this other direction that it goes, right? So when something has shown up in your dreams, you're looking for it in the world. 
you're looking for the associations with it in the world. And so when those things show up, I mean, you can bet anytime a leopard image shows up, and now anytime Dionysus shows up, and anytime any god that correlates with Dionysus in my mind shows up, and anytime a particular situation shows up, it's like, oh, there's this whole network of associations that I wasn't aware of until I started just following the direction that dream pointed. Okay, we're at a point where we've got to wrap up. I think we've probably said it all, but I will... Oh, no. <laughs> well, but we've, we've scratched the we've, surface. We've said it all what we're going to say <laughs> in this half hour. Effectively. There's, there's no wrap-up message that you no. guys are going to be able to <laughs> throw together no. in a 15-second. Here's here's the, the infinite knowledge of all dreams you need. There's there's none of that. Is there somewhere where, where you guys would point uh, listeners to to go maybe do some research themselves? I think I would not refer you to books on dreams so much as I would refer you to books on mythology and mythos and symbology. And I would say that the best way to learn about dreams is by dreaming. <laughs> and the best way to work with your dreams is to keep a dream journal. Right. Because the more you like when you wake up, you write it down. When you wake up, you write it down. And you think about what it means. You think about its associations. And the more you do that, the more you will remember them, the more they will connect with each other, the more you get the whole spread and not the single tarot card. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'll go to bed asking for an answer and hoping to get the answer in your dreams. And sometimes you wake up and you didn't have a dream about it. But for years, I would wake up with a new song in my head every morning. And when I would listen to the lyrics of the song that I was singing in the shower, I had my answer. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's the song you hear on the radio. The dream world is not just while you're asleep. So yes. we'll just tease that for the for the waking dream episode. How about so that? So then I will do the sum up here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mary and Kelly just told us all to take more naps. And I think <laughs> if there is any direction that we can take from this episode it's nap and dream and through that you will do your work there you go sound fair <laughs> i like it all right folks that's all that we have for this week be sure to join us next time as kelly adds another chapter to your beginner's guide to energy magic and the spirit world i'm joey c here with kelly sparta and mary balkan and you have been listening to spirit sherpa Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. 
and it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.